UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show, brand, Sometimes the brand will play, sometimes not. Okay. episode of the typical skeptic podcast i have another fascinating guest with me back today um uh, this is her first time on my show but she's done many other shows in the podcast circuit um it's a real honor to have her on she's a real experiencer and who i have with me is deb shakti uh, deb's i'm sorry shakti she's a quantum hypnotherapist she's the executive or associate producer for the movie alien abduction answers she's um heavily involved in the study of consciousness and ce5 and yeah she has psi abilities as well and tonight we're going to be talking about all that stuff in et contact so buckle up it's going to be a fascinating show and i just want to give her a big warm welcome to the show deb's it's fi so finally good to have you on my show how are you Oh, thank you, Rob. It's really, really great. It's such a pleasure and an honor to finally get to talk to you one-on-one -on, -one on this show. We've been waiting a long time, and I'm doing yeah, great things. Um, one, one thing that I really liked about the movie Alien Abduction Answers is, like, it, it really brought out the reality of the experiencer. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I think, like, with, like, YouTube and, like, a lot of, like, stuff today like i don't doubt anybody's story i'm not here to be a skeptic but like what i'm saying is with youtube like people anybody can say whatever they want nowadays you know what i mean right. but with alien abduction answers it really gets into the reality of the experiencer what would you say to that do you, do you agree oh i absolutely agree in fact that was our intention um once we realized it would be really cool to have other experiencers in the movie besides the the filmmaker himself, John Yost, and that was the original uh, project, was to go through his experience. But, you know, when we realized that it would be awesome to have other people's points of view on these, on these types of experiences from real people, you know, people that you can relate to, who are just so sincere, uh, the whole thing just blew wide open. And it was, it was our intent to, to portray the every man and every woman on this film. 
I think it's one of the best alien abduction documentaries ever made. I, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even saying that. And I got to talk to John Yost about like his experiences and stuff. Like, um, so like, tell us about like, how did that happen with you and John? How did you guys get together and start making that film? Well, dude, it, it, you know what? It's just synchronicity after synchronicity. We we met in a, uh, on a Zoom meeting several years ago about something completely unrelated. Um, and I was with several other people. He didn't know me. I, I had gotten into the meeting via a, a friend who was in the meeting and wanted uh, him and some other people to meet me. And we were talking about... Um, another project and I just kept getting this it was almost like he was broadcasting information to me I'm a channeler and I'm a I'm, I'm a psychic and even though he was he was very calm super eloquent as you know he's very well educated very professional um, you couldn't see anything on the outside of his body but I could feel he was suffering and so uh, to make a long story short um, the some of my guides who I channel called the star teachers, as soon as we got off that call, uh, said, you have to reach out to him and offer him a session and tell him you, you understand that he's suffering and would he like a session? And I'm like, the guy doesn't know me from anyone. I don't even have his phone number. And, and immediately they're like, you have the email address, do it. And I never resist what comes when it's information like that, except this time I just kept thinking, Oh, he's going to think I'm a crazy person and, you know, he doesn't know me. He's probably going to think I'm a stalker or something. So I resisted for about three days. And then after about the third day in meditation, it came very strong. This, you and this person need to talk. So I sent him an email and I said, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but here's what's going on. And it, I, I can't remember. It was very quickly, like, you know, within the same day, he wrote me back and said, uh, or called, I can't remember, but he said, wow, how did you know? And uh, and that's how our relationship started. We became good friends. He was very hesitant to do the work that I offer. I don't think he believed in it in the first place. Um, and then he, I think he was a little bit afraid of going in in hypnosis and to see what could happen. But when we finally agreed to do it after, uh, you know, about a year of just doing little mini sessions and building trust. Um, he decided he wanted to do it live raw on film to share with the world because by then he knew he had something that was really important uh, to share and that it was becoming a calling. So that was the original intention was to just make a documentary of his session, which lasted about six or more hours. Very unusual for me, but uh, it was so fascinating, and so much happened after that. It just kept building and building and building. We got all these other experiencers who are my clients, and then Whitley Streeper, you know, who, who agreed to be on the film as well. That's fascinating that you get, got a chance to talk to Whitley. Like, what, I was going to ask you, like, do, do you feel like, or do you feel like the abductions or the contact experience that's happening is it more negative or more positive? Because I get mixed. I get like people who email me and say they're having positive contact, and then I get people who say they're having still they're they're still having negative contact and they're traumatized. Some people don't even want to come on my show and share it. They just email me just to. I think oh, they just yeah. want to get it out. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you they, get the same thing. 
day after day for all these decades, yes, but it's become almost completely the work I do because there's so many people. But to answer your question, circle back, I think it's a mix. Um, and I, you know, I'm a lifelong experiencer from earliest memory. I've had experiences and not one ever, even when I was a very small child, even though some of the things that happened were way out of, you know, the normal, none of it has ever been negative or even frightening to me. But I believe that after all these years of talking to these people, uh, and then when we go in and see the, the experience clearly through hypnosis, which is just, you know, you're, you're looking at the recorded version of what really happened clearly. Uh, once they start speaking it, um, it's almost always something either neutral or positive. But I believe that people who are so traumatized, like John was when he was a child, there are outside circumstances that cause the trauma, whether it's like in his case, his, his parents didn't believe him and they were a little bit upset with him. He had woken them up in the middle of the night and, and, and they didn't believe in that stuff. They thought he was making it up. And so they told him never to talk about it again. And it fright it, that frightened him. And then it began to build and then he, had to lie about what had happened because he had a mark on his shoulder that wouldn't go away. You know, people would ask and his dad had made it very clear. You don't ever tell anybody about that situation. It was a dream. And so he started lying and he lived his whole life as a lie and it started to make it worse. Um, but I think for most people in our society, either it's something like that or it is misinterpreted because really, our children, my grandchildren from birth have been inundated with media information that portrays ET contact or the paranormal as something dangerous, scary, uh, horrific, uh, sickening. And that's all that's already in the brain. So when they come back from these experiences and start to speak about them, it's, it's almost like it's overwritten with this information that's already ingrained in the brain until we get in there and see it clearly. And then there's really uh, a lot of healing and, and often a call to action about a purpose that they have. I believe all this contact is something to do with that, but that could just be me. Oh, I can't hear you now. Wait, I had myself muted. I'm sorry. Oh, oh and by the way, guys, if if you guys have questions for Deb, I wanted to wait till the chat filled up a little bit. There's only 24 people in here now. So if you guys have any questions for Debs about um, quantum hypnotherapy, the film Alien Abduction Answers, CE5, Consciousness, ET Contact, Psy Abilities, we're going to be talking about all that tonight. Just put your question in the chat and I'll get to it. But um, awesome. where was I going with that? So I was saying like, is so, it, so it's basically like fear of the unknown. That like yes. these people, they don't understand their experience. And what do we do? Like when we, but see the problem. Okay. Here's what I, I'm very open to alien abduction. And I think it's very, very, very real. Like, it, it, but like oh. why I wonder is why do they come a lot of times at night? Why do you think, is it because we're more calmer at night? Well, you know, here's the deal. I come at it from a quantum physics perspective, which says everything's made of the same energy. 
changing form and function depending on what vibrational state it's in. And it all exists in one place at one time. And depending on what frequency you are tuned into is what your reality is. So um, when we talk about frequency or vibrational state, for the most part, it's what your feeling state is and what your belief systems are that kind of supply. I mean, you're literally projecting that out and creating your own reality. So uh, the, the people that we're talking about, star people or, you know, I think it's all the same thing. I think it's all consciousness, but it all exists in one place at, forever in, in, in one place. And depending on, you know, what your experiences have been and, and what your belief system is and everything, that's the, the wavelength that you're tuned into. And so that's what you perceive or don't perceive. So I believe these beings have always been here. We've always been visited, uh, if you want to call it that. Look at ancient cave art even. From the oldest carvings, the oldest drawings, there are beings and vehicles depicted that we talk about today even um, but the reason again to get back to your question why do you think a lot of it happens at night it doesn't only, it doesn't happen more at night but we're more perceptive to it at night because we're relaxed our brain isn't so full of all the minutiae of the day all the stimulus and so when we are in a sleep state uh, a dream state or even let hypnagogic state right between sleep and wakefulness we're kind of open and our pineal gland which is at the top of the brain what the yogis and the mystics have always called the third eye it is completely relaxed and open and it's it's like a radio transceiver i call it the cosmic satellite dish but you're able to perceive way more um, so that's why you hear more people talk about ghosts or spirits or demons or whatever at night because you're more relaxed you're able to perceive more that's fascinating now i wanted to get and get into quantum hypnotherapy um you've been a quantum hypnotherapist for some time now you you do uh, can you talk about what what you do i know you do a lot of uh contact e cases but um do you do um past life regressions uh dolores cannon quantum healing hypnosis um uh, beyond quantum healing, which which modality do you practice, and like, what what all do you who what are what all services do you provide? Yes, <laughs> it's all that. Um, I believe it's all the same work. Um, I didn't even know anything about Dolores Cannon until about ten years ago, believe it or not. And I was kind of miffed when I heard what her what her service was called because I thought, dang it, I should have trademarked that name, you know, all those years ago. But really what uh, came through in a channeling, because I was asking, like, who is this person? I started reading her books. Her method was almost exactly like mine, although I put some yogic practices in there to help clarify and open the pineal gland so that people can access the quantum field and, and reach out and get that information easier. Um, but almost, almost verbatim, some of our our work is almost exactly the same. So when I asked that in the channeling, it came forth and said about 60 or 70 years ago, this process, this modality was put into the consciousness grid of the planet Earth. 
and people who were uh, vibrating in that that general frequency were able to pick up to it. It was just like tuning into a radio station and getting a radio program, right? So about at that time, about a thousand humans were in that place and got the information. Some never did anything with it. Some, like me, started adding it to their work um, and perfecting it into a form. And people like Dolores literally ran with that. I mean, the woman has, she wrote so many books. She started a school to teach it. You know, really all I did was treat clients, uh, you know, help people with it. Um, I didn't ever really write books about that. I've written books about other things, but uh, I have to give her kudos for the information because because of her, it is such a mainstream type thing. Beyond quantum hypnosis is just another facet of the same thing. It's just as we learn these things, as we start getting downloads of the processes, just, you know, inspiration, we take it and add our own signature to it. Yeah. Now, I, I, I would say, are you practicing something like like your own style? Because I noticed you said that, like, you've added in like the yogic traditions into your sessions. Yes. And I like that. Like I know some people who told me they, they add like sophisio uh, tuning yes. force like into their sessions. So like, um, and I know Dolores, like I've, I've interviewed Sarah Bressman Cosme and I know she says mm -hmm. that like to do Dolores Cannon's um, method, you have to do it in person. In there's person. Like, there's kind of like strict guidelines. So like, would you yeah. say you're practicing like a, a version outside of that, like that you've yes. modified on your own? Yeah, I mean, well, it just evolved from the download that I got or what people would call inspiration. One day I woke up and thought, you know, I, well, I was literally told you, you can't practice clinical hypnosis in a clinical psychology setting and add in all the other stuff that you're doing with people because it, it, it's not, it's, it's not accepted in that structure. And this was years and years ago. And I felt like I wouldn't be offering a comprehensive program to my patients at the time if I didn't. So I, I decided to not go that route. So I, I came up through clinical, the clinical practice of hypnosis and hypnotherapy and, and therapy, but added in the, the psychic gifts, the energy work, the yogic work. Um, and I, I feel like it's a much more comprehensive thing. But each person kind of puts their own spin on it. But the one thing uh, that I, you know, we all did everything in person up until, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. I used to do some over the phone. And then Skype came along. And I have an international following. So it was very easy to meet with people over Skype rather than them fly here to the middle of the United States or me fly to them. And then about what was it like five years ago maybe zoom started and i thought oh there's the thing that i really like because it was a, a much nicer platform could do a lot more with it so i almost went completely virtual uh, because as i said a great deal of my followers are, are are international they're not close by so uh yeah by the time the pandemic hit and people were starting to use zoom i was already it was old hat to me i really was so grateful but uh, yeah, yeah, Dolores, and I even asked one time in meditation uh, to my guides, I said, why, 
uh, should I not be offering this virtually? And they said, no, the time for that directive is past. This work needs to be virtual so that you can reach more people, period. So not arguing with Dolores. I love her, revere her work, but I can help so many more people this way. Yeah, one of the the, the 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 viewers wanted to know what area are you located in? Like, do you see people live or is that, or do you do some rather do virtual? Well, I, I'd still see some people one-on-one -on -one in person. It just depends. I'm in the, I'm in central United States. I'm in the state of Missouri. I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, actually. Um, but because I do, ha I am so busy. I can fit more people into the day by doing virtual sessions. And I tell you what, it's been a real boon for, uh, for everyone involved. People are more comfortable in their own setting. Uh, I send explicit detailed directions on how to get it all set up. So it works great. We have an HD recording at the end that they can not just hear themselves, but see themselves because sometimes they literally change in their you know, in their body structure, their posture, their, their voice, everything changes uh, as we go through the session. So, um, and it continues to evolve, but it's really, you know, it's my heart's work. Um, that, that's awesome. I, I, I love it. And I, I give you so much kudos for what you do because you're really helping people. Like, I, I think you're really helping people transcend their experience. Like when we talk about like, um, understanding what our reality is and and the, the the things that people are dealing with in this reality which we would call et contact or alien abduction and i know alien abduction is kind of like a harsh term because i think like you said now that people are starting to understand their experience better this is more of a benevolent contact like i think this is a another species trying to reach out to us to um expand our consciousness would you kind of agree with that well, I, I agree to a point, but if you really want to know what I feel and believe, and I, in my heart, I know it's all us. It's all us. It's us on another frequency, uh, on another level, or if you want to put it in linear terms, um, you know, space-time terms, it's us from the future, usually contacting ourselves, you know, as we have evolved. So... Uh, these, and I, I really, you know, I'm a consciousness researcher. I work on a lot of different teams. And uh, the more I do this work, the more I uh, interact with all these scientists, these really brilliant people who have great educations, way better than mine. Uh, and we do all of this work and, and do our experimentation and, and, and validate what we're getting. Uh, we're finding that quantum physics really helps explain exactly what the ancient uh, like yogis and monks and people, mystics have always said we're all the same person we're all the same entity we're just different facets of that entity and we're trying desperately to reach out to ourselves to help this version move up in the food chain you know to do good things well, well, I get a question. What do you what would you say to people who believe that there's like different races? Like there's like the Nordic and the reptilian and the mantid. Right. And um, do you, what are your thoughts on all those? Look how many races we have of humans on the planet. Why not? 
Yeah, you're just saying that's still us, though. Like that's like, or do you think yeah. that's a different version? It's just a, a it's just a different uh, permutation. The way I like to explain it to people is, everything in creation is you. If we look at it from a quantum physics uh, perspective, and it's and and the you that makes up everything is like a giant, infinitely faceted jewel. Okay, and each facet has its own point of perspective into the whole. It's a holographic jewel. So you look different than I do, even though we're both part of the same jewel, but it's because you are one facet. I'm another facet maybe over here. And we're looking at each other from a different point of perspective, slightly different or greatly different. So when we're looking at someone who might be described, for instance, as a reptilian. Well, they look way different than most humans look, but they're still, I believe, the same. And we know this from quantum physics, they're made of the same energy, but they are living in a different frequency, a different, some people like to say, dimension. Um, and they have different qualities than we do, but we're all connected. And I think that's the main message of all this. We're all connected. And I think that's very powerful for us to learn and to accept. I, I agree. Now, what I wanted to talk about was something that I'm trying to um, do is CE5. I know you've been involved in CE5 groups throughout the past. And could you talk about like what you've done with CE5? And for me and my fans watching out there, can you give us like a better way to um, to to reach contact with, um, because like I go out sometimes and I star watch at night and I haven't mm -hmm. seen a UFO yet. I'd love to, I don't want to get abducted, but I, I'd love to <laughs> just see a UFO, you know, like, yeah. um, what are, what am I doing wrong or what, what do we need? I know they say meditate. I know meditate's a big thing. Yes. Like if you meditate on your intention, but like, what, can you just talk about CE5, your experience with it, maybe what we should be doing and what might be, we might be doing wrong, if you could guess? Well, there is no wrong or right to this. It's, it's just like, for instance, let's say you're a single person and you really have decided you want to meet someone that you could really maybe fall in love with. And, and, and so you start the dating process, right? Um, but you have to sift through a lot of, choices uh, and maybe you live in an isolated place and there aren't that many choices or ways to reach out well you know ce5 let's let's get to this point really quick ce5 means close encounters of the fifth kind or human initiated contact that that phrase was coined by dr stephen greer um, back in the 90s and it has become what i call the the q-tip of contact work, uh, you know, how many times have you said something about a cotton swab? You know, I need to go buy some Q-tips. I need to, honey, is there a Q, are there Q-tips in the cabinet? Instead of saying, are there cotton swabs? It's kind of a brand that has become the name to describe a certain thing. But really what we're talking about is human initiated contact. And uh, I, you know, even as a young adult, uh, used to do this with my little children or with friends who lived out in the country. We'd put a quilt out on the ground. Uh, we'd be in a happy, excited state. 
I've always been a meditator because I've always been a yogi. Um, I might, and you know, I would lead people in a guided meditation. We'd get into a nice, uh, loving state, an open state without fear, and just, you know, lay on the quilt and look up at the stars. We might see nothing but a few shooting stars and some planets uh, or some airplanes, but almost always we saw something that we couldn't explain. And uh, back then we used uh, star charts, you know, um, like uh, Heavens Above that were really hard to read and you had to use a flashlight to look them up to see if what you were seeing was on the chart or if it was something anomalous. Um, but uh, now we have apps we can look up. Is that an air traffic? Is that a satellite? Is it the space station? But the way you do this, the easiest way is to find a way for you where you feel in a very open, happy, welcoming, loving state. And if you're doing it with other people, we call this heart coherence, where you literally are doing some practices to get the whole group in the, on the same frequency, if you will. And then you, with intention, kind of send that signal out to the universe, to the cosmos. And because like attracts light, beings who are in that same frequency or near it uh, perceive you, you perceive them. Like I said, they're always there. You're just not perceiving them because maybe you're not quite in that frequency. Um, there may be, you know, some things that hold people back is there may be some latent or deeply held uh, fear that you may not even be aware of. Or maybe you had a bad day, you had a fight with your boss or something, and you can't wait to get out to the field to do a sky watch. And yet back in the back of your mind, you're still having those feelings. Well, what I found is these beings these other versions of ourselves are so compassionate that they are not going to come close and be perceived by you if there's any semblance of fear or negativity or you know something that will interrupt um, your way of being or, or make it worse so uh, you know what I, I can say meditation is fantastic with my groups, I do the same thing that I do with my quantum hypnotherapy uh, clients. We do some yogic breath work. We do some sound technology, such as chanting a mantra, maybe just one sound together. Uh, we might do drumming. We might do dancing. Uh, we do definitely, I, I lead a guided meditation to get people kind of lifted up in the same place where they're all feeling really good really safe and really connected and then when I see that we are all kind of in that that special circle together at the heart connected then we send our intention out and and we just send a message hey we're here we'd love to meet with you and can you do something to show up so and I try to keep it pretty general too some people like to say we want to ship at this time or you know, can you come and land over there in that field? And that's cool, too. It's all up to you. But but that's kind of how I do things. And it almost every time works great. That's fascinating. Now, uh, one thing we haven't got into yet are your experiences. And now, could you tell everybody who the star teachers are? Huh. Well, the star teachers are um, 
they say that they are us on another frequency. Literally, they are um, a group extraterrestrial interdimensional entity that evolved from humans. And they say that uh, we are the generation. Those of us who are listening to this right now, in this particular timeline, we are the ones who change everything. What we're doing right now assures that they exist because we do something in this timeline, in this lifetime, you, me, everybody on the planet right now, whatever it is that we're doing or getting ready to do, however we respond to something that's going to come up very soon is what kind of jumps us over the threshold of being who we are kind of perceived as being right now, which are kind of primitive, warlike, competitive, fearful beings. Something happens in this timeline, in this generation, that causes us to change and move forward up the food chain. And as we do, we, um, you know, we've already are like super accelerated with developing our technology and AI and all of that. Um, we become spacefaring like for real, not just going to the moon or maybe to Mars with a rover, but we start space exploration and we start living in other, uh, on other planets and other solar systems and other star systems. Eventually we figure out how to go interdimensional and that's, that's where they come from. So they literally say they are us. They showed up in a, a healing session of mine many years ago and literally taught me some new things and have been with me ever since and uh, kind of gave me a purpose um, to do what I'm doing now. That's, that's awesome. When did you, when did your contact first start with them? With the star teachers? Well, yeah. my, my conscious contact started with them about 10 years ago. Uh, they showed up literally in my office when I was working with a patient and they were physically here. Um, but they have said in, in later years that we've always been together, we've always worked together, and that they were some of the beings that I had had contact with my whole life, even as a baby. So um, I guess it's both. And this started for you when you were a child? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've always had uh, the ability. I've always been able to perceive multidimensionally and I've always been able to uh, perceive and manipulate energy and do healing work and things like that ever since I was a little tiny child. So um, in fact, when I was a little child, I actually had other families that were overlaid my physical family in the same space. My parents just thought I was a really creative and imaginative child, but they, they didn't realize I was literally talking about other real people in my life, um, but they couldn't perceive them. Because you have to be at a certain frequency or a certain way of being like, that's why I think they say like the, the thing about this, like that's why I think they say children can always see like ghosts and yes. ETs more be because children aren't as indoctrinated. Right. Yeah. We're children aren't as gunked up with the world yet. Right. So, um, you know, small, innocent children, you know, take a look at the drawings they make, the stories they tell. It's, there's no denying that they, 
perceive way more than, um, you know, say people my age usually see. Because we're just so, and we kind of get into a habit of only perceiving certain ways because it's a comfort zone, right? Uh, if you if you literally start, you know, seeing things out of the corners of your eyes all the time, you start to maybe get a little freaked out uh, if that's not something that's your norm. So most people kind, yeah. of kind of just kind of shut it down. But you can only push a spring down so far before it via inertia boings up and everything explodes out. And you can't hide from that information all the time. This, again, this is the generation, this is the, the lifetime when people break free of all that amnesia that we've kind of set up for ourselves in this construct. Uh, we're ready to move ourselves up and, uh, and do better things. So that gives yeah, me a lot um, of hope. I, I, me too. I, 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 I really... Uh, I really I, I agree with you. Um, one thing I, we, we didn't kind of touch on was uh, when you talk about interdimensional and extraterrestrial, I know you said these things can be us, but like when you, when we talk about like beings in general, there's a lot of different things. There, there's like cryptids out there, you know, there's ghosts, there's, uh, there's ETs, like um, shadow people. I mean, like there's, you know, the whole myriad of paranormal things. Like, do you think that these things are all coming from like a different dimension or do you think some things are extraterrestrial or do you think, because it's so, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's so far from my knowing because I don't see it. I'll tell you one time I was, I was meditating. I started to go into a deep meditation and I saw two shadow people and it made me back out because I was trying to have an out of body experience. I was using the oh, yeah. Robert Monroe Hemisync binaural beats. Right. And I, I, uh, I, I, I went, I started going deep and I felt like I was about to pop out of body, but I saw the shadow beings and I backed away from the experience. So there again is like that fear that you talked about. Then yeah. maybe I thought like, if I, if I didn't have that fear, maybe I would have gone out of body, but then I was afraid maybe the shadow people were going to body snatch me, you know, because like I've heard stories that like, if you go out of body that you can get body snatched, like that they'll, yeah. someone will, inhabit your physical body that's a lot of what i just said but sorry i'll let you riff on but that no so so where did those stories come from i am of the mind and again you don't have to buy into this but i'm of the mind that most of the the scary stories i.e scare tactics uh persuading us encouraging us to not go into these practices came from people who wanted to control humans and have more power and money and all of that and you know because what happens when you go out of your body you perceive the universe you perceive your unlimited and infinite nature you perceive your true self and uh you know so when you start to have that experience and you're carrying around those those uh that propaganda i like to call it propaganda it's control programming uh, you carry around that and you start to see shadow beings as you're moving from the physical into what you might call the lower astral frequency. You know, we're just tuning into different frequencies. As you're leaving your body, you see somebody that looks like a shadow person. And suddenly you remember somewhere in your background, you heard them say, oh, shadow people might body snatch you or shadow people are bad. You know, anything that doesn't look like you, sound like you, um, you know, and has the same belief system as you. 
shouldn't be trusted and is probably evil. So you went into that situation, started to perceive the other layers of, of your existence and the other versions of yourself, or you don't even have to buy into that, other beings who exist in those other layers. And because you're just starting to tune in, they're shadowy, you can't see their form. You remember that tale and immediately zap, you're back in your body and you're filled with fear and you don't ever want to do it again or not for a long time. So you can see that there is an agenda there. You know, um, it's been there no matter what belief system people adhere to, uh, what millennia they lived in. Someone has always tried to keep a lid on the human being from realizing that they are infinite, immortal, perfect and divine. And uh, I mean, just look at humans right now, uh, even now in this day and age that we live in, as evolved as we think we are, um, there are many humans who don't trust another human being if they have a different skin color than they do, or if they live in a different country with, you know, fake boundaries. I mean, who drew those lines, you know? Uh, or who have a different belief system? Oh, don't don't talk to that person. You'll get infected by their by their crazy beliefs, and you'll you know go to hell or damnation or be punished, or whatever. It's all propaganda. Really, you know what, what Debs? Oh, I, I was going. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say I think that goes all the way back to the story of the Tower of Babel. When I, and I've talked about this before when they were building the Tower of Babel. And for some reason, like the Elohim or the gods at that time, um, mm -hmm. put a stop to it. It seemed like humans, I've heard people say that it seemed like humans were trying to escape the simulation. Okay. And then, and then the gods put a stop to it or God or Yahweh in the Bible puts a stop to it. And then he creates uh, 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 language, different languages, and it mm -hmm. splits up the languages. And then once there's different languages, there's wars. I, I might've just butchered that, but no, I think you, you kind of get the idea where I'm going with You've that. Got right? It right on the money. Anything that causes separation, divisiveness, labeling as me and them, us versus them, we and other, that is all a human construct. That is not, you know, it doesn't matter what you call the top of, of it all, the all that is, God, divine, the ultimate self, the higher self. Um, when you think about that, even in religions, most religions' first belief is, you know, God is love. Well, if God is love, why would God put all these differences and, and, and cause people to hate each other? God has nothing to do with that. That's all human. That's human uh, greed and so forth. And, and that's contingent upon this construct. Please know, I think the, the third dimensional earth life is, uh, it's an experimentation lab that we built ourselves to have some experiences with, you know? And one of the con part of the constructs is when we came in many lifetimes ago, most of us, we put a governor on there so we couldn't remember that we are infinite and unlimited. It's like an escape room game, right? You're in an escape room game. If you've ever played those with a, like on a team building, you're in this room, 
you are given clues and riddles and things to solve as a team so that you can find the key to get out of the room and go have a big party at the end or you know you win a prize or something but inevitably there's always like one or two people who think i'm smarter than the rest of these guys i'm getting it by myself and they don't want to work with the team and it causes all kinds of mishaps you know it's only when we work together in coherence that we get to break out of this construct that we actually built for ourselves as a I don't know, an experiment or an entertainment or who knows what, a curiosity. Break out of that and back into the greater realm of our being. So do you believe that we live in some kind of holographic reality or simulated reality? Would you would you say that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we built it. So do you think we're actually like plugged in somewhere like the matrix, like that, like we're in like some kind of pod system that like, you know, like, and then we're, we're like playing a video game version of ourselves. Yes and no, but I think it's way more sophisticated than that, Rob. I think that, you know, we like to third dimensionalize everything, you know, the third dimension is the physical dimension and it's held together by uh, very, you know, it's a very slow moving energy. Everything here that feels solid isn't really solid. It's just moving uh, slower than, say, you know, water that heats up and turns into steam. That's moving faster. The molecules are moving faster. So you don't really see it after a while. It dissolves in the air. If you freeze water, it slows the molecules down. It becomes very solid. But when it's at room temperature, it's water. It's all the same thing. So I think that, you know, yes, I believe this is a simulation, but I don't think we are in some sort of body in a pod somewhere uh, feeding our energy into the system, you know, parasitically um, or victims of a parasite, like, you know, in the movie, The Matrix, I. I think that was a very beautifully done explanation of what I'm trying to to maybe expound upon, but it's all in consciousness. It's just all done with consciousness. And, uh, and there's nothing evil or bad about it. Listen, I believe everything in creation holds neutral value until an observer applies a value to it. So... Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what, really what well one said. Person's, yeah, what one person says is good, another person might think is evil. You know, interaction for me with extraterrestrials, for instance, has always been good. But I have, you know, um, even God rest their souls, my my parents believed that, you know, trying to interact with other beings who were not humans, other than god and the angels were those were all evil and you shouldn't do that but that's because of their indoctrination uh, now i'm pretty sure in the realm that they're in and the frequency they're in they're laughing their butts off about that but you know that's awesome we got a question from the uh the audience it's from okay. this one's from flix love she mm -hmm. says uh it's it's going to come up on the screen here if it'll show uh wait yeah. did it come up on the screen yeah it says Question, did you go through in, in initiations as a healer and what kind? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, 
of every kind. And I think people continuously go through initiations as they, I think we're all healers. I think we're all empaths. I think we're all psychic. Uh, but me personally, I've gone through some very tough times uh, as I've moved up in my own abilities. And I believe that is, it's not to give me another quantum jump to another level. No, I think it's to help clear away things that will be holding a person back. You know, so I've had some physical things happen, uh, traumas. I've, I've had two NDEs, two near-death experiences where I've coded out. Um, talk about initiation. I have no fear, by the way, ever anymore of death because I know what it feels like to to know that there is no death. You're just tuning into another frequency, another realm. But uh, as far as having initiations like with uh, teachers and so forth, yeah, I've worked with some shaman. I've worked with some great healing masters. I'm always trying to learn more. And so have gone through some some pretty interesting stuff, you know, depending on where you're coming at it from. But uh, yeah, I think we all go through initiations along the path, uh, no matter what your path is. You still there? Yeah. So I don't know. I got kicked out. I I didn't get kicked out, but I, I my screen froze. <laughs> yeah, your screen froze. I saw that. Remember we were talking right before the show. You were like, I know there's always problems with StreamYard. There always is. It's like yeah. I don't know if it's the gremlins or, or or what what it is. Like I'm sorry. I the last thing I heard you say is that you had two near death experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had two near death experiences where I I literally know now there is no death as we've been programmed to believe in death, the body, you know, I call this my spacesuit, you know, we leave the spacesuit behind, but you don't die, you just move to a different, a, a different form and uh, a different frequency. Uh, so I have no fear of that. But, uh, you know, initiations of all kind happen uh, to me and to everyone else, uh, whether you deem it an initiation, it's, it's up to you. But there are milestones that you hit as you develop as a human being. Um, and you might recognize them as an initiation because you suddenly have, it's almost like you you get an extra life in a video game, right? Uh, or, or you gain a new, a new weapon or a new tool. It, that's what initiation is like. That's cool. We'll take one more question. We've been going about 50 minutes. This one's from, uh, I think this is from one, someone from your crowd. It's one day better. They said when, I think this person had a session with you because they said something about it before in the chat. They said how great it was. Oh, I put it on the screen, but wonderful. they said when one gets scared by something, how do you try to remain calm and not run away from it so you can experience it? You go into a higher vibration and see something or someone and it freaks you out. And then he continued, uh, or she, he or she, I'm not sure if this is a he or she. He continued to say, is it normal to run away but how do you stand your ground? Can you be hurt? Well, I believe nothing can really hurt you. Again, it's depending on how you look at it as to whether it hurts or not. And that's a boy, that's a toughie because we're living in these physical spacesuits and, you know, they can be damaged and, and your mind can go places that you may not be happy about and so forth. But it's all really up to you and how you maintain your vibrational state or to put it in a different wor uh, word, 
your feeling state, your emotional state. So again, I believe that having um, a really good, some sort of spiritual practice, and I don't want to say spiritual like religious because it, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. You know, maybe your thing is to go for a run every day out in nature. Wonderful stuff. Um, maybe your thing is to be um, a painter and draw uh, beautiful pictures or, or, or just draw out your emotions. Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you are a, a classic meditator. There are a million ways to do these things, but the, the main thing is to keep your vibrational state high. So what do I mean by that? The higher vibrational states are, think about the higher emotional states. There's an equal sign there. Love, joy, um, excitement, uh, laughter, um, you know, happy memories. Uh, and so when you find yourself in a place where you're afraid of anything or you think someone, uh, you know, some other type of being is trying to get at you, all you need to do is just close your eyes if you want to take a few deep breaths or practice some breath work and allow yourself to bring up the best memories that have the best feeling states that you can get your handles on and feel it in your bones. Give it all the sensory input you can. What did everything look like? What did it feel like, taste like, smell like? What did it sound like? Uh, what were the textures, the colors? Who else was there? And really just immerse yourself in that feel that happiness. Unconditional love is the highest that I know of. You know, if you ever had an experience of peace or joy or think about when you were a little kid and you were just free and would run out the back door to go play, you didn't have an agenda, but you didn't have any fear either. You just went out to play and you're happy to do it. That's the kind of thing. And if you can do that, it can be programmed. I can teach you how to program it um, it, it's a really simple thing. If anybody wants to know how to do it, you, they can email me at my website and I'll send them a little written process. It's called programming the Bhaga Mudra. It's just a little thing you do. It's like a power switch. And you can program yourself to get in that feeling state and then instantly the fear goes away. And the more you use it, the more powerful it becomes. Until you That's fascinating. Are, yeah, until you're feeling really strong. And you can handle anything. You really can. We've just been brought up to believe we aren't enough and that somebody else has to protect us and somebody else has to give us rules. And It's not true. You are, I, I call it the universe, Y-O-U, universe. Yeah, that's a, that, I like that. One, one last question I have. The last question I have for you is about your psi abilities. When did you notice that you started coming into your psi abilities? <gasps> Well, I just, from birth, I guess, I, I thought everybody perceived and um, communicated the same way I did. And I learned pretty early on that that wasn't true, most definitely by the time I went to kindergarten. But, um, but you know, it was pretty apparent uh, that, you know, that, that my mom and dad, as, as brilliant and wonderful as they were, they weren't seeing or perceiving the same things I was, not at all. Um, again, they, they thought I was, you know, highly imaginative and creative. And, um, but, you know, there were some things they very early on kept saying, 
don't talk about that anymore. That's just not something we talk about. And that's when I started noticing, you know, there was a difference. And so I kind of shut it down. I didn't shut it down, but I just stopped speaking about it and trying to talk about it with other people until I became a teenager and I grew up in the hippie years and boy, was I lucky because by that time, you know, people were meditating and people were talking about uh, experiences. People were experimenting with mind uh, consciousness, elevating uh, substances and talking about those experiences. So by that time, then I had other people to talk to and then realized, oh yeah, other people can perceive, but not everybody is on the same level. Yeah, that's a, that's a real gift when you, I mean, I think we all have psychic abilities, but it's a real gift when you can tap into them. But I think we all might be able to, with this new wave of whatever's happening, it's, you could call it awakening and a, an expansion of awareness, like, mm -hmm. or what, what the new agers would call going to 5D, like, but whatever's happening, something's definitely happening. It's an earth energy coming towards us that yeah. like is, is opening up all of our abilities. Would you agree to that? I, I absolutely agree, and it is what I try to comfort people with because a lot of people who come to me for sessions come because they're afraid. They're like, the world is going crazy. I don't fit in, or, uh, you know, are we going to blow ourselves up? I'm afraid. Uh, you know, all these things. And when it can get them into a place where they can understand, like, like you're understanding, uh, at least having a glimpse of this understanding, um, everything changes. It's like, you know, you can go into a dark room and not see anything, but the minute you turn the light switch on and you see what's in the room, you can flip that light switch off, but you can't unsee what you have seen. And it's the same with knowledge. We carry that knowledge within our own DNA. And now we're starting to turn that light switch on and see it again and remember it. I, and I love that. I I agree. I, I think that's really well said. Um, do, can, I don't have any other questions for you. Um, the, by the way, that viewer who said that, his name was Roy. He, he said he knows one of your clients. Oh, I love Roy. Yeah. Thanks, Roy. Uh, thanks for tuning in. That's awesome. And I saw Susan think, was on here, too. She was another one of my clients. So That's awesome. Thanks. Thank you guys thanks for tuning for in. Yeah, and thank you for uh, submitting questions to the chat. Um, it, uh, can you tell everybody where to find you and uh, where to get a session if they want to get a session and, and everything else you offer? And and thank you so much, Deb. This was awesome. Oh, Rob, thank you. It's been such a pleasure. I, I love talking to you. and You're such a great host. It's just been wonderful. But people can um, get a hold of me at my website, which is debsshakti.com. D-E-B-Z-S-H-A-K-T-I.com. Uh, I have a YouTube channel of, by the same name, uh, Facebook page, uh, all social media, really, Instagram, um, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, all of those, all by the same name. And, uh, you know, or they can email me through my website and, um, and my phone number's on there. I'm, I'm very happy to, to meet with people. Um, I offer quantum hypnotherapy. I offer uh, uh, shorter versions, mini versions uh, known as quantum jump, which is kind of a guided experience. Uh, something that people have been asking for a little like one hour quickie sessions for one, one little uh, glimpse, which I call express regress. Uh, it's, it's just like, a, it's a, I don't like the column regressions because you're not going back, you're going into, um, 
energy alchemy, all kinds of energy work, uh, multidimensional energy work, and of course the Psy uh, stuff, um, channeling the star teachers and whomever else wants to come through. So lots of stuff there. That's fascinating. Well, um, we'll have to do this again. And thank you. Thank you, Deb. And thank you, everybody.